I'm Linda from Tilburg for Biz News. Sable International's Global Citizen and Immigration Expo is starting this week in Johannesburg, Port Elizabeth, Durban and Cape Town. And we have Andrew Rissig, Group International Director of Sable International, to discuss what South Africans who are keen on a plan B or perhaps a different life for their children can learn from these expos. Hi Andy, lovely to see you again. Hi Linda, thanks very much. Yeah, great to be on your show again and um, great to be back in South Africa actually. You meet a lot of South Africans overseas. You meet a lot of South Africans everywhere. What do they want at the moment? Are they still looking for this plan B? The plan B is still very much on on everybody's agenda. Um, I think that one of the most popular ones that we've seen um, over the past sort of 10 years has been Portugal. I think everybody knows what the Portuguese Golden Visa is about. Um, to a lesser extent, Ireland was a great plan B Um but both those programs got terminated earlier this year, so there's been there's lots of change going on. Uh, we see a lot of people also looking to move overseas to go and find work. Um, there are all sorts of ways that one can internationalize oneself and um, wealth, their families, their businesses. But certainly, the you know just feeling the temperature in South Africa at the moment is it's it's a it's a sustained desire for people to look for a, for an option offshore. South Africans talk about it. It is still very much in a party conversation. Well, you mentioned Portugal. There seems to be some changes coming there about tax. Yeah, so um, I think globally, since you know, we I, th- I think since COVID, since the, uh, the 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 so-called war in Ukraine has been used as an excuse for the so-called cost of living crisis. That's a real issue all over the world. I mean, you know, if you're living in Britain, you know, that's that's all they talk about. Every country's seeing massive inflation at the moment. And this is, as far as I'm concerned, a hangover from actually all the quantitative easing post-crisis of 2008. And the chickens are kind of coming home to roost. But the changes that we're seeing in Portugal at the moment is very much the government, with an election coming up in the next year or two, very socialist government, talking to their electorate. And they, they have got a very anti-wealth sort of rhetoric at the moment. And, you know, they're blaming the rise in property prices in Portugal on Two things, Golden Visa investors, and we must always remember most Golden Visa investors don't actually even move to Portugal. That literally was just a fantastic plan B. But there's a thing called the non-habitual tax regime, which a lot of South Africans do know about, but that was set up by the Portuguese government after the 2008 global financial crisis to attract wealthy foreigners who could legally come and live in Portugal to make Portugal their tax home. And in essence, you paid zero tax for 10 years on foreign earnings. So very attractive to wealthy, mobile individuals. And that has, I think, definitely had had a, an impact on the property market in Portugal because those people do come in and, and start um, investing because they're going to be living there for 10 years. So we've seen some big changes, um, but this is, this is the nature of the business we're in. It's very dynamic. No program ever sets up and, and is there to stay. And, and we see it across... All of our businesses, whether you're moving money, you know, allowances change, rules change, and um, the more and more people and um, the want to move, the more and more the governments will try and change things to either encourage or discourage, depending on which side of the pond they're sitting. We've we've discussed the fact that some people move and then they find it quite hard to make money. So, so what do you need in place before you decide which destination you should choose? Yeah, I think. 
Speaking from experience, and and a lot of us within Sable International are South Africans who either are currently living abroad or have lived abroad, um, and we've all gone in different guises. But in my experience, my advice is: the younger you are, the easier it is to emigrate because when you're young, you've got a you've got a long runway in front of you to to sort of rebuild, and if you make any mistakes, you've got time to fix them. Um, and then again, one must also choose a place where you can culturally fit in and where you can also do business. So if you, you know, if you're a, a, a lawyer, it's very difficult as a South African lawyer to go and practice anywhere else. If you're a chartered accountant, on the other hand, it's a lot easier. But what we don't, you know, we, we don't often take into account when we move in country is is what are we actually moving to? And I think South Africans get it really wrong because. We're very emotional. We're very, very stressed here. And then we make a decision to run away from SA. And we always say, don't run away. You must actually go and find out where you want to run to. And then rather understand where you're going and then let that country pull you rather than South Africa push you away. Because we said, I'm living in Portugal at the moment. Um, I spent six months a year in Portugal. And to my absolute surprise, um, I haven't really got to know the, the local South African community there very well until this year. And they're battling. You know, it's very difficult to go to Portugal and make money. It's you're dealing in a foreign foreign language. It's a very socialist country. It's, it's a very different way of doing business. It's very clicky. So unless you are a remote worker or you've got an opportunity to earn abroad, or you've got a lot of money and you can retire or live mobile, and you know, it's it's tough. So it's quite disheartening to see so many people and they come and chat to me and. They're battling. Whereas, you know, if you go to the UK, we we know. I mean, the UK, there's lots of jobs available. You know, it's quite a well-paying place relatively. Portugal's quite poor. And so there are lots of things that one must take into into account. Is, you know, your skill set, is it going to help you where you're going? Yeah, are you going to make money? Is it easy to find work? Is it easy to communicate? Is it easy to understand the business environment? So um, I think youth and understanding what skills work in an economy are are both really important. You talked about the UK, that's a natural home for South Africans because familiar of the language and the culture is similar and the way we do business is similar. Um, I know that some of the, a lot of South Africans that came over to, to the UK are in the financial kind of industry or get jobs there, but I see there's been, I mean, KPMG is actually cutting jobs at the moment. Are there still many opportunities for South Africans in a place like the UK? Yeah, I think the UK, I mean, look, I think the whole world's slowing down a little bit at the moment, and um, and we're definitely seeing sort of stiffening in the job markets. But if you compare the UK to a place like South Africa, where we've got massively high unemployment, and I think that skilled people are generally quite well employed in South Africa, but I think our economy is under a bigger threat than the UK. The UK is going through um, the, the normal stresses the whole West is going through, plus I think there's obviously a slight Brexit factor. But we have a, a, a very strong division with, with showing strong growth called business immigration within Sable International. And, and that business is focused on, since um, Brexit, on helping companies set up as sponsors to employ foreigners. Because since Brexit, all, all Europeans are now third country individuals. So they need a work permit to come and work in the UK. So it's now a level playing field for South Africans uh, versus a German or versus a French person who wants to go and live and work in the UK. They all need a work permit. And 
we're seeing um, a, a very big demand for companies needing help getting work permits for for staff. So, you know, comparing the UK to SA, I think it's a very compelling place to go and, and, and find work. And I think South Africans are also quite resilient. We're known as hard workers. Um, but, you know, it, it's never as easy as one thinks, but I would say that's still a pretty safe bet um, as a South African. I think the UK is a good destination. So you're going all over the country with these roadshows to tell people what the options are and what they can look at. Um, can you tell us what, you, what is available for people who are interested to just find out maybe should I do it or are really putting their plans in order already? Yeah, um, Linda, we, we're going to be in, in Johannesburg this week. We're in, in Port Elizabeth and Durban next week and then the week after that we'll be in Cape Town. So it's really to the main centres and... Um, we're looking like we've, we, we're going to be seeing a lot of people. But what we're going to be showcasing is our broad set of services. I think if you wanted to break Sable up into four core services, we offer immigration. Uh, that is, we're very well known in the space of British nationality, uh, work visas to places like Australia, um, the UK. We're very strong in that space. Um, what we call investment migration. So that's where people make an investment and get residency, for example, Portuguese Golden Visa, and I would encourage people to come and chat to us because the Portuguese government have just now clarified the new new regime, and um, we're working on on some good solutions there. So Portugal is still very much at play. Um, we we're quite busy with countries like the Caribbean. Very different reasons why people will will make those kind of decisions, and it's important for people to engage with us so we can understand what they're looking to achieve. But that's sort of around the immigration. We also have a very strong financial service offering. Um, we don't always advocate for people to leave South Africa. Um, I, for one, moved back here 20 years ago from living in England for 11 years. I wanted to bring my children up here. It's a fantastic country. But um, what we would then say to somebody with that outlook is possibly look at hedging your investments and making sure that you've got some money offshore. We've all got an 11 million rand allowance to us, uh, available to us every year through the Reserve Bank. Um, you know, use use your allowances to make sure that you're hedging your financials. You know, um, it's very expensive living overseas. That's why foreigners love coming here. Um, and I can tell you there are lots of South Africans running around Paris at the moment, and they'll be waiting to go and watch the South Africans playing against New Zealand this weekend. And your cheapest beer, 10 euros, that's 200 rand for a beer. So um, I always say to South Africans, if you want to play overseas, start investing overseas as early as you can. Um, so, so financial services, tax planning, really, really important. Um, and we will have our tax advisors on hand. The cross-border tax space globally is very, very complicated. So you're moving from South Africa to, say, Portugal or to Malta, um, but you ha have assets in the UK. It creates all sorts of tax complexity. And South Africans um, are very vulnerable because you're coming from a, a, a low-value currency economy into, into the Northern Hemisphere. You can't make mistakes. So your tax planning is really, really important. And if you're looking to move, I would say one needs to start planning um, at least two years before making a move if you've got any wealth and assets because there are ways that you can mitigate your, your, your tax burden when you leave South Africa. So that's really important um, consideration. Um, education, that's, a, that's another really big growing part of our business. Um, a few years ago, we invested in a company called Sable Education Abroad. 
and that is helping people send their children to universities overseas. And, um, you know, it's a fantastic way to allow a youngster and afford a youngster an opportunity to actually get exposure in the international arena through an institution that will often lead to them getting a job in that country, you know, without having to go and spend 10 million rand on alternative residence and let the children find their own way. So that's, um, we're very excited about that business, which is also showing very strong growth. And then uh, last but not least, uh, we've got a very strong international property offering. So people looking to invest offshore, either luxury property, holiday property, investment property in various jurisdictions. So pretty broad, broad bag of services that we offer. Well, apart from the places that we all know, Australia, you talked about Portugal, the UK, are there sort of unusual places that South Africans are finding a foothold in? We're seeing quite an interesting uptick in Greece at the moment. And I think that that comes down to um, the Portugal Golden Visa uncertainty and Ireland closed their program in February this year as well. So suddenly Greece becomes a more interesting option um, because one can buy a, a, a property in Greece for 250,000 euros, which is, is really going to be a nice lifestyle property anywhere in Greece. And um, that gives you permanent residency. So that's, that's interesting. Um, from, a, from an investment perspective, the UK has been quite buoyant this year, but we're definitely seeing some stress in that market because of rising interest rates. So, you know, it does make the investment um, story slightly different. But, you know, interest rate increases are, are a reality across the whole world. So, you know, one, it doesn't mean one shouldn't be investing. It's just resetting expectations in terms of cash flow, deposits, et cetera, et cetera. But the UK is still strong. A surprising one I saw the other day was there was a South African festival on the Isle of Man. <laughs> of all places, such a small place. Do, uh, do you get requests for the Isle of Man? The Isle of Man is, is um, yeah, it's a very interesting place. In fact, I've been invited to an expo that their government puts on, uh, I think it's in the next week or two, um, all over South Africa. The Isle of Man is, is, is an interesting place. There's some good job opportunities. It's not a natural place where South Africans would sort of say, I'm going to the Isle of Man. But there, there's a compelling argument to be there. You know, it, is, it's, um, it, it, it can lead to UK citizenship by living there, which is always an interesting option. And actually, economically, it is quite attractive, very strong in financial services and, you know, offshore structuring, et cetera. So, yeah, and they've got a, a pretty interesting motorbike race there every year if you're a motorcycling enthusiast, TT. I think my message to to people is, um, you know, we unfortunately we get to see a lot of people who make bad mistakes when they when they go offshore in whatever guise they tend to find sable when they need a um, help getting out of a spot of bother. But I always take great interest in understanding how clients get themselves into into a mess, and um, I just always say to people, be very careful of your friends and family who, you know. You know, say that we'll help you buy a property, or we'll help you with an investment, or a move, or whatever. It's it is a lot more complicated. If you think in the South African context, if you live in Cape Town and you want to go and invest in Bloemfontein, just make sure you've got a trusted partner in Bloemfontein who can help you, because you don't understand the market and there's a lot of risk. And you know, it's the same thing. The minute you put a border between yourself and your investment, you introduce all sorts of other complexity. There's currency risk, there's tax implications. Um, and then, yeah, sadly, we do see people who rush and they, they go overseas, they move their entire family, 
um, at massive cost. They put them into schools, they sell their properties here, and then they wake up and say, I hate it. And, you know, to move back is, for a start, it's like financially just very, very destructive. And, um, you know, as I said, you, you, you're moving fr from a weak into a strong currency zone. You do it coming back the other way. There's another whole lot of costs to move back. Plus, you may have given up your job or sold your business. So really think hard is my message. And, you know, we meet several people who do this, and we've got a very good understanding of the risks. So very happy to chat to anybody and, and guide them. Andrew Rissick, Group International Director of Sable International. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thanks very much, Linda. Good chatting to you, and thanks.